Hello and welcome to the Agile Podcast. My name is Paul Goddard. Jeff and I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes if you've got an iPhone and we'd love it if you can leave us a review as well. And you can also subscribe via SoundCloud. If you'd like to send us a question on Twitter, you can get hold of us at the Agile Pubcast. That's at the Agile Pubcast. So without any further ado, let's play the jingle. So, here I am, without Jeff, in sunny California, but I have dragged Nigel Baker with me. Hello. Hello, Nigel. Kicking and screaming. Um, And we are at the uh, Global Scrum Alliance Gathering in San Diego, 2017. Yes, Yes, it's very good. Day one's just finished, day one. So we've actually been here for three or four days because there's some trainer and coach stuff that happens yeah. before the gathering. So we've been part of that as well. So, um, But um, we're going to do a few of these hopefully and, and piece these together in, uh, in post-production as they say. Um, and we have a special guest with us now who's sitting at the table drinking a drink with us. And where, where, where are we Nigel? What's the name of the bar? Has it got a name? It's got a name? I believe it's called Quinn's Ale House. Quinn's Ale House in the Sheraton Hotel and Marina. Although it's more likely to be called the Sheraton Sheraton Airport rather than the Hotel Marina because you, you, you hear more of the airport than you do with the marina. Yeah, very much uh, so. But we've got Adam Weisbart here with us today. Um, hey there. Uh, so we can hear him. I am here. I do not sound like a boat or a plane. No. But uh, Adam's um, Adam's one of our good friends and he's been around these conferences and gatherings for a while and it's good to meet up with him when, uh, when we're stateside. So... Yeah, so welcome, Adam. Thank you. Tell us a bit about yourself, and for the people that don't know you, Adam, tell us a bit about you. About me? Well, um, I was born not far from here, in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. so uh, I allegedly know the area relatively (laughs) well. Um, Then I went to grade school. No, I'm a... (laughs) So, so just, let's clarify that. Yeah. How far is San Diego from Los Angeles? Well, it's uh, in terms of distance, it's not horribly far. But with traffic, it could take you five hours or so to get to Los Angeles. It's probably... A, someone's going to look this up and I will be wrong, but 100 or so <laughs> miles, perhaps. It's not far. Perhaps. No, it's not no, far. No, not the traffic far. is atrocious. In, in, in terms of America? No. Yes, <laughs> well, in California yeah. specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhode Island, pretty far from Rhode Island. Yeah. 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 California, not particularly. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a certified scrum trainer yep. and an agile coach, and uh, yeah. And Adam's also responsible for um, a lot of good stuff, a lot of um, multimedia. So, so the, yes, the, yeah. the shit, bad, we're allowed to swear on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So the, the shit that bad scrum masters say, which is, a, a, I'd say it's viral. I'd say it's a video. It has stuff. like 70 or 80,000 views at this point. That's great. If you haven't yeah. seen it. Where can they find it, Adam? If they haven't um, YouTube, I believe, okay. is the place with all those videos. Okay. Or the day-to-day workplace. They could. They could. <laughs> they could, they could get a live stuff. reenactment of it. Yeah. More or less every company um, that you'll yeah. ever work for. Yeah. But that's yeah. not an impediment. That's <laughs> not an impediment. <laughs> um, yeah. But that—that that was. Um, that's probably how I. I think that was part of your the initial. Um, 
me finding, me realizing what you were doing was, was was that video. I think that's how I first discovered you. Yes, I think without that video, no one would know who I was. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't one of your um, great ideas also the retrospective cookies? Yeah, I also have retrospective cookies, which are fortune cookies with retrospective questions in them. So you get both a retrospective and a snack in the same box. The gift that keeps giving. Yeah, it's true. I, I had a box and saved them for a special occasion. You had them for three years. Yeah, and then, and then <laughs> so they, they, they taste them. great. Well, you are not supposed to eat them. They kind of crawled out of my drawer. Yeah, yeah the, I don't endorse that. No, I don't know. So, so uh, no. but I, had to, I had to unfortunately remove them. But no, there's, there's a few, and you've also got the anti patterns cards as I well. I have anti patterns cards. He's got so many products, this man. He's yeah. a, I, a, a genius. Uh, yeah. the, the ideas keep coming. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, Adam, you were also uh, presenting at this conference. I did present. I, uh, I did a session on virtuous metrics. Mm. What, what's a virtuous metric? Uh, virtuous metric is a metric that by paying attention to it, you improve the work you are doing, as opposed to a metric that if you watch it, um, most metrics are harmful, yeah. right? If you focus on the metric, the thing you get good at is improving that metric, but that does not necessarily mean that you're improving the work you're doing, the quality of yeah. the work, your happiness, or even building the right thing. Yeah. There we mentioned the V word, you the V word, uh, as a bad metric, so the V word. Oh, the Veal. V word, or the old, um, no, 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 so that's the first one everyone always comes up with. I'll go straight to help for that. Yeah. And it's uh, and it's not helpful. No, it doesn't help anything. You can't even compare. But it's these very things. attractive. It's very attractive. It is. So the session uh, gave three or four metrics that are virtuous. By doing them, you will help improve your process of working together. Uh, you'll figure out how to improve your product, etc. But they're a bit of hand waving in that they're not. The metrics are still not the thing. The thing yeah. is having conversations, yeah. uh, making sure you know what you're building and why, yeah. making sure it's stuff people would like. Yeah. So all the metrics point in that direction. Yeah. We do that through some exercises in the workshop. And tell us a bit about the exercises, because I was there. They were yeah. The, I was there. Yeah, yeah. And you don't remember. You don't remember, so I must tell you. No. They want to get the, the, game the, the daytime drinking, it affects his memory. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's fair. Uh, the game that I put together was uh, there are four different types of teams. They're all scrum teams, but they all have different backlogs. Yeah. There's four separate backlogs. Uh, they all have to uh, deliver value, and the value they are delivering uh, are features that they're building or value they're delivering uh, in the form of balloon animals or other balloon figures. Yeah, brilliant. So a room of a hundred and something people had to make a bunch <laughs> of balloon animals, which is very loud and disturbing. There was a lot of squeaking and a lot of pop balloon popping and uh, it got so hot in that room as well. It, was, it got it was very, very warm. It had yeah. a very low ceiling. It was like the being John Malkovich, the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the middle floor. floor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the room we had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it was, um, it was great fun. My confession is that I can't. I in, see have uh, the inability to tie a balloon knot. Oh my gosh! Yes. I can't do it. That's I, I think it's a you finger thing. You weren't the only one. I forgot to give people the tip on how to do it. Tell us the tip. This is going to change my this life. This is. Everyone will be able to use this on their agile teams. Clearly. <laughs> so you blow up the balloon. Yeah. Then uh, you pinch the balloon. Adam is now trying to demonstrate. This is so, great, great for podcasts. So it up here, right? Oh so what God, I'm doing so is, yes, isn't that isn't that amazing? <laughs> and then it's done. <laughs> wow. So you pinch further down, like uh, maybe uh, an inch or so uh, below, yeah. Yeah. and then let out the air well uh, from the top part yeah. Yeah. while holding the bottom part. You've created yeah. a bunch of slack. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can easily tie yeah. it uh, so you don't have enough slack. You're creating slack. 
Like you would in your team. Of course. A, Slack is generally a great, a great concept. Yes. So it's also good um, to uh, keep in mind that um, the, 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 the fear of failure in balloons. Uh, for me, I was always, I can tie a balloon. I'm, I'm, I'm not a child. But, <laughs> sorry, Paul. But uh, what's interesting for me is um, I'm always a bit scared when I'm blowing a balloon up. Yes. At any moment, it's going to blow up in my face. Pop. Did yeah. you have anyone leave through balloon fear? Um, I did not see anyone leave this time. The previous time I ran this session, somebody left because they were very upset there were balloons. Yeah. They talked to me afterwards. They were very mad. I should yeah. do the activity without balloons. Yeah. Which would have made me sad. <laughs> uh, I warned people earlier on this time that that, that would happen. I think I waited longer last time. Um, but I was actually running around popping people's balloons oh, while they were delivering value. So you were, and, and you were the impediment? I was way. an impediment. Right, okay. Yes. Did anyone turn around and hit you in the face when they did that? Or? Yes, people were very unhappy. <laughs> people body checked me. Yeah. Uh, they tried to fend me off with balloons, which I just simply bit the balloon that they were trying to hit me with. Yeah. So, um, yes. So what was the kind of upshot, the kind of the, the summary that you're trying to get to by the end of that? Yeah. Um, one, that if this agile thing doesn't work out, people could do kids' birthday parties. <laughs> Uh, and still make a living. Yeah. And two, the metrics that organizations usually focus on are on the team level and don't take into account a holistic view of everything else that has to happen to deliver value. Right. And they, uh, well, to be honest, they end up blaming the team for not going fast enough. Yeah. yeah. When if we're not building the right things or there's organizational impediments being thrown at us, uh, this is the wrong thing to be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw something really interesting, Adam. With laugh. I saw something really interesting, Adam, about uh, on Twitter uh, for your session, which was about um, cycle time of organizational impediments. Yes. So one of the metrics I gave was actually more a um, a suggestion that people set up organizational impediment teams. So you get a cross uh, cutting, uh, a cross functional team, really, of folks from. Uh, like developers yeah. and people that are VPs or directors or whatnot, people with varying uh, levels of organizational authority. And the goal of this team is to meet once a week or once a sprint to discuss the impediments that are being surfaced that people on teams don't have the power to remove. And then to track the cycle time of those items in the organizational impediment backlog. So you're focusing more on, again, a holistic view of the team, yeah. uh, sorry, of the product and not specifically on the team so that you can help the team go faster. So if the goal of measuring teams is to make sure they're doing enough work and going faster, which is usually why one wants to measure that. The best way to do that is to remove impediments from the team so they can move forward. It also sets the challenge back on management rather than whip the team to be faster. You know what? You should be doing your own job to remove organizational impediments. Yes. How slow are you? But in a nice way, with a metric, perhaps. Lovely. Yes. Well, we're, um, we're pretty much done. We've got to move on to our next um, event now, not Oh, yes. So yes. we're going we're to cut there. Thank you very much, Adam, for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, and uh, if I had a glass, I did have a glass until the waitress just took it away. But, uh, we'll not, have a little drink. Oh, there we nice. go. That's what we do there. Hey, I'll see you on my podcast soon. Yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. Welcome back to part two, Nige. Hello, part two. And it's kind of at the end of the uh, the gathering now. We're back at the airport. Where to go? One kind of final drink before we start yeah. the mammoth 11 hours back to the UK. Yeah, it's 11 hours on the plane, not including the travel time back in the UK. Yeah, but um, thoughts? Kind of, it's been and done, three days. Well, yeah. longer for the retreat as well. So. Yeah, so we I arrived Friday. It's now Wednesday, I think. So mm. jet lag, like, jet lag, still jet lag, still not got over it. Yeah. Um, 
it's a long slog east uh, west coast of America from Britain. Yeah, but there's been quite a few British faces here. There has. Yeah. Quite a bit more Europeans generally. Just um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very much a, yeah. A lot of people making that journey. It's just yeah. it's a very nice part of the world to come to. Yeah. So um, I'm now in the wistful, reflective mode. Yeah, I think it's kind of Wednesday. Always seems to be a bit of a a calmer, more yeah. reflective day. Yeah. It probably gives people know that it is ending. Yeah. But um, since we last, since part one, what have we done? We've done open space on Tuesday. Yep, I did my mashup for my eight minutes. Oh yes, well. let's talk about that first. How did that go? Oh, very well. I was very happy with how it went. Eight minutes on passion versus purity. Do you want to give us a, an eight-second version of the eight <laughs> yeah, minutes? I'll give you a forty-five second. <laughs> so the idea, uh, the main idea, was just to uh, bash the words in the real world. Um, yeah. Because too many people pretend that they try and box agility as something fake or theoretical, or fundamentalist, yeah. by claiming in the real world. And the entire point of that, my eight minutes, was to explain very lightly and with fun mm-hmm. that um, agility is realistic, it's real, mm-hmm. it's um, simple, mm-hmm. and it's deep. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're passionate for those things, I guess you are an agile purist. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure there's such a thing as an agile purist, because mm-hmm. agile is all about trends and uh, believing in something over something rather yeah. than instead of. Yeah, absolutely. This week went well. Went well. I think, yeah, I think the whole so there was five mashup speakers, yeah, yeah, so five, that yeah. adds up to well, what's that about forty minutes, forty five yeah, yeah, minutes maximum. So, and I think that's a really nice, different way of breaking up what could be on day two a bit more of a, yeah. a long keynote session. So, I think yeah, I, I quite like that, and it gives you variety, and it's it's much more energetic, which I think yeah. is what you need on, yeah. on day two. Yeah. So then we had um, some open space. Open space, yeah. open space was probably a bit. Well, I think there was an assumption people know what open space is now. Yeah. There was less preamble, yes. I thought, than usual. Yes, much less. And they went straight into kind of the marketplace activities. Yeah. and um, But it seemed to work. I think they probably could have had more open space yeah. sessions. And, you know, I was chatting with Jake, who was the open space facilitator, yeah. but I, I thought, as you did, but I thought there's nothing worse than it dragging slightly on. And I, 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 like, I don't know if it was planned, but I like the idea of keep them wanting more. So there was three sessions, open space, forty-five minutes each. Yeah, lots of variety on all of them, and it sort of kept people a bit. Oh wow, that was good. Rather than getting to the fifth session and thinking, Mm. I'm worn out now. And also because it's just such a big hotel. Yeah. So it it seemed to get to be harder to to walk through the corridors and 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 to perhaps just glance in at what was going on. It was a bit more spread out. Yeah, those are just badly designed. Yeah. Sort of difficult to get up and down between levels. Not difficult, just more awkward. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I had some fun in the open space. There was interesting stuff there. Um, what else? Um, um, Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, today. So, so my main thing has been, so uh, we always say we go to the gatherings for the networking, for the corridors, mm-hmm. rather than the sessions. But I had some quite good time in some of the sessions. Any so, highlights? Um, well, there was a Legends of Agile track. Was that, was that the, through the whole three days? Through the whole three days. Um, and I quite enjoyed that. So on the last day... I popped into Craig Larman's session on less. That looked quite busy from what I Very busy, yeah. More on uh, casual loop diagrams and that sort of stuff, causal loop diagrams. Um, uh, but I enjoyed that, it was really good. I uh, popped in there. I was, uh, then uh, uh, Alistair Coburn yep. did a, a very Alistair Coburn-esque session, <laughs> which was a combination of genius and insanity flipping between the two things quite rapidly. Really? Uh, well, in the end, we, they played live Hungry Hungry Hippos. Did they? Yeah, oh, the thing downstairs. that I suggested, yeah, they did yeah. it, did it in that did session. Downstairs, yeah, downstairs. But, oh. but, but then Coburn translated it into a cooperative right. 
uh, hunger and givers. Right. So how's the game changed by making it cooperative rather than competitive? Oh, okay. It's quite interesting. So his session, I wandered in a little bit late, and um, within before I sat down, he had given like a cup, two or three agile gems. Really? I thought, oh god, that. Uh, they're yeah, winners, those are home those. ones, yeah, yeah, I'll get those down. Yeah. I've now forgotten two of them, I realise, <laughs> but, but they're really good, so... That's good. And that's what you get. Yeah. I think, um, you're never quite sure what you're going to get with Alistair, but I thought it went really well. Yeah. And then I finished off with Jeff McKenna, who was, he laughingly in the session said, he was not the first ever Scrum Master. Right. He says, but he was like... Is that a common myth that yeah, he is? Yeah, common myth Right, okay. But he was on the first team. He was, he was on the first ever yeah. Scrum team? It was a coach, a right. development coach working with them and it's, to me from my naive it sounded like he was almost like a real product owner okay. back then but he didn't this words but it sounded like it so did he come up with, with any interesting we gems just, of knowledge yeah, just talk through the history of Scrum really? the actual real history on the ground based on the know, first team yeah, what actually happened you know and, and what I found interesting was more the culture of the team the culture of the organisation did so anyone ask him why they called, coined the term Scrum Master or did, did that come that didn't come up but they did ask him a few questions and he batted them away by saying we did what we did at the time okay right okay. so he, like, he said for instance sprints were four weeks because he used to come in the office every four weeks and look at what they were doing oh really that's where it came from there's, there's all been retrofitted reasoning behind it and you mentioned something to me about the sprint review as well but, uh, oh yeah he was saying sprint review is basically Friday drinks looking at each other's stuff that so it tended to always be at the end of the week? Always end of the week, always a Friday. Yeah. They would look at each other's stuff and give feedback. Yeah, right. They're doing formal feedback all the time yeah. with each other, but that was the moment they all sort of got their stuff out and showed it off. Mm. So that was quite interesting as well. Um, so it's interesting to see that, that pattern come up, those behaviours come up. Mm. Um, uh, I think, yeah, and but he backed up what Jeff Sutherland says, etc. as well. Mm. So he was very interesting here in that history, that, as you know, the history's always been a particular interest of mine that area yeah i think if you forget history you're doomed to repeat it mm. and so i enjoyed hearing deeper more real stories from the people who were there mm. absolutely but he was also a huge proponent of things like um the 20 percent off time they do other was he? yeah he said he used to that back in australia in the mm. early 60s yeah so it's um for him it was, it was quite interesting also interesting to hear about how much small talk I know a lot of people know this, but how much the very much shape of the small talk programming language influenced a lot of agile practices. Mm. So, yeah. so the uh, next Scrum gathering is in where in Dublin? Is it? No, 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 that's not right. No, it's not. It's in Say that Singapore. Again. So there's a. I thought it was regional, though, but it is a global. The next yeah, global oh, Scrum gathering. It's a global Scrum gathering now in Singapore in July. Okay. Um, I'm sure we've got. Thousands of listeners in uh, in Singapore. So thousands of listeners in Singapore. No, um, so that's the next one, and then but after that, it, the New York next global one is in Dublin. Dublin in yeah. October, and yeah. then next year, 2018 looks like at the moment Minneapolis. Is that right? Yeah, that's the uh, next. They didn't. North they America. normally they announced that quite early because normally they announce them yeah. at the end of the gathering, but yeah. they didn't this time. It's already been pre-announced. Yeah. So yeah. For, so I enjoy, I enjoy these things, and like Nice says, it's very much that as the night. Uh, an individual consultant these days that you don't often get the chance to reconnect with people that you yeah. see some some people that are based in the states that I see once every 12 months so it's, yeah. it's yeah. Or, or maybe you know, even less than that yeah I uh, said so Mark Pashinsky um, so well, Mark, Mark Pashinsky um, is shout a, out to Mark is a, uh, a scrum trainer that I first met probably in two, 2006 when I just became a CST yeah and we got on really well, and um, I didn't see him for the next 10, 11 years. Yeah, we saw him in Portland. We saw him in Portland. Him, we met, it's literally been 10 years, because this is my, this, uh, the reason I wanted to go to this gathering was not just to do the mashup and to go to the beach, 
which I failed to do, <laughs> but it's because um, it's my 10th anniversary. Oh, okay. Certified scrum trainer. Mm. So I thought it was quite nice to mark that symbology. But it was, I think. And that was the last time I saw him. No, it's not true. I saw him then. He doesn't remember this. But I think he flew over and did a. Did he do a BT Scrum Master course with Rob Diamond? Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. I think he did. And he, um, he was talking about. He did, because he said he did it and it was one of the worst um, <laughs> yes. courses he ever had done. Yes, horrible, horrible uh, audience. And I think Jean Tobacco, the chink of drinks for yeah, Jean. Jean, God um, bless her. She said something similar when she did a BT course. Yeah, so. and yeah, a few people did. A few people did. Um, yeah, but so for me that was really nice that you've got people that are kind of almost reconnecting with yeah. older yeah. names and relationships. But then equally on the flip side of that, um, I met some. I mean, fairly new. I mean, they're CSTs now, but people like Chris Lee, who um, I I don't think I'd ever met him before oh, this lovely. this um, yeah. this gathering. But yeah. fairly new to, to the kind of CST community. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we got on really well as well. So it's yeah. it's, it's people like that. So. Hello, hello, Mark, and hello, Chris. If you, uh, we'll perhaps yeah. tag you into these yeah. these podcasts. So I, also, um, I also found um, um, I don't use names because it's not a bit fair, but it was quite it was quite a nice um, meeting up with some of the actual semi-local uh, scrum practitioners. Mm-hmm. So we hung around a bit with some uh, people who cares about the badges, but the sort of CSM CSP level, and uh, they were really nice to have a chat to our people actually really doing stuff mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed that as well. So we um, we took a couple of them under our wing as best as we could. And I have to mention this now, but um, it's a bit it's off topic really, but I, I couldn't be in San Diego without, when I think of San Diego, I think of Top Gun. Okay. Right. Wait, how, this is a question, how old, what, um, how many years, how many years ago was Top Gun made, released? Quick pop quiz, nice. I'm doing it in my head. Give me a year. 1986. Is the correct answer. Thank you. <laughs> Bob was genius. I was really hoping you'd get that wrong, but he didn't. Yeah, it's 31 years old. Wow. Almost as old as us. Yeah. And so I went uh, today, San Diego, um, San Diego is synonymous with being the, the home of Top Gun, you know, the yeah. kind of uh, yeah. fighter pilots. And um, so there's certain locations that you can find still now in San Diego which were used for filming. So one of them is the bar where. Um, Kenny McGuinness yeah. and Tom Cruise, and famously the, the um, Anthony Edwards plays the, the piano, yeah. um, and you can still go there now. So um, and we, play the piano. You, the piano is still there. The same piano is oh, still fantastic. there. Fantastic. Despite the fact the whole place caught fire in 2008. Oh my gosh! I think it was complete, almost completely gutted, apart from the piano. They've they've kept the piano. It's in a diff- so it's quite slightly deceiving that the di- it's like a, a kind of a it's, it's actually a barbecue restaurant. It's okay. not really a bar, yeah. but. Um, that it's reconfigured. When they had the fire, they had to yeah. put, build a lot more walls internally and, and, and re, um, reskin the bar and things like that. So, but they've kept the piano. It's on a different part of the. But, he, but the barman actually explained where things were. Oh, they've okay. got loads yeah. of memorabilia yeah. and, and yeah. filming um, letters and pictures, and it's just really interesting. That so I had a few pictures taken. I must admit of the uh, <laughs> of the uh, in the Top Gun bar. Yeah. So um, I'll perhaps put a few of those online. But no, no that was that. It just that's the whole attraction for me as well was. San Diego, it's not, it's um, the gathering yeah. was one element, but it's just, it's great to go to a new place. Very, Fantastic. Very beautiful town. Absolutely amazing. California, if you ever get the chance to go, it's, it's, I really would yeah. recommend it. Really yeah, good. so, um, uh, and they finished off, I think, with some fighter pilot for giving a. Uh, uh, tell us, I didn't see this, so tell us a bit, a bit about I this. I saw a bit of this. In the most nicest political way, it was the one um, bum note. If you played that piano, 
and that person has been in a fire. <laughs> yeah. You play a nice little bit of music, Highway to the Danger Zone or something. Right. And you hit Kenny one Loggins. Key. Yeah, Kenny Loggins, classic. <laughs> uh, dream for Kenny Loggins. Kenny. Um, <laughs> but if you hit one, uh, one or two of the notes of bum, and it's like, oh, it didn't quite work. I felt that with him. Really? He was, some people loved him. What? He was, Can you he give us a kind of a... Charismatic. Like, what, well, tell us about what, what he did. What oh, he, he did um, stuff on um, his flawless execution model that they have about sort of a meta framework based on file pilot thinking. Um, that does it a disservice, I apologise. But I just found it all a little bit too uh, machismo, a little bit too macho, right. a little bit too alpha male, mm. a little bit too, if you think about it up front enough, you'll be right. Mm. Uh, does it seem to not resonate maybe it's kind of a fat Englishman really who's never <laughs> fought anyone but it didn't resonate for me in an agile way there were agile too, things in there too, of, too hard rather than soft yeah okay. I think for me coaching and what we do people is about based. humbleness mm. it's people it's mm. support it's not not having strong opinions but it's not using like aggression to get them yeah, across yeah. and I felt I think that's always the danger with that type of speaker is that if it's yeah. based on yeah. anything type of military or your, your yeah. that kind of but Agile Kumri had the police officer guy from QI yeah, and you were thinking yeah. of police officer but he actually had a very different spin on it yeah. which made it interesting when um, Thor was um, that's his call sign that he used quite a lot um, he kind of sort of really endorsed the military model right you know this is great we're great this is, this is the only way this yeah. is the way everyone should run their lives and again didn't appeal to me mm. didn't appeal to a lot of people really? but some people loved it okay. so I saw loads of people leaving and loads of people standing up oh, really? the innovation okay. so it really was um, how long uh, was the keynote final keynote too long um, <laughs> no <laughs> hour I think okay. like that. Okay. Um, so that was that but that, that was the only little that. but again it's interesting to have controversial differing points it doesn't you don't want it all to be um, mutually self supporting and all back uh, back slapping and you know mm. otherwise it's like an echo chamber mm. so it's interesting to have different new voices come in even if they're challenging and provocative mm. and I thought so, I, so I'm thankful that happened I guess mm. but I did not hear again I'll leave a gap there in case I edit this but um, am I right in thinking that as well they announced that they're changing the Scrum Alliance are changing how they organise these gatherings did they mention that formally? Yes, they did. Yes. So um, this is starting with the North American gathering yeah. next year, but they're moving more towards a team-based instead of co-chair. Co-chairs is, is stopping yeah, now. Yeah. Normally, there's two people that kind of um, co-chair the conference and kind of front it and, and organise it over a nine, ten-month period. But now they're moving more towards a team, hopefully a scrum team-based model. Yeah. Um, whereby they're asking for volunteers from the community to form a virtual team to basically for a two-year term. As yeah, well as I'm so aware. they'll be supporting multiple gatherings. Yeah, and, uh, and driving more, um, more, more of a content-based um, or a sharing model across a number of people across the team. So yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think... I, th I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think it's quite a lot of work for, for if you're co-chairing yeah. two people. It's quite a, a substantial amount of effort. Yeah. Um, perhaps they're trying to create a bit more diversity in the thinking. Yeah. I don't know. So I, well, I know don't generally yeah, have a reason. Yeah, Elastic, the outsourced supplier who's been supporting the gatherings for years now, and have done a brilliant job, by the way. Their contract's coming to an end soon, and I think the Scrum Alliance is bringing it in-house. But it sounds like by bringing it in-house, it's more mm. <laughs> bring it in-house and get some volunteers to help out. Right, okay. Which would be good. I, I, when, I, when I chaired a gathering, which I can say, clang, clang. Um, <laughs> I like to think most of the rules about gathering chairing are put in place because I broke them when I did it. Mm. But um, I liked having a singularity of vision 
and be able to give a focus to the gathering. So I hope the committee structure can do that. Mm. They did say they will be moving to slightly more curated content. Yeah. I slightly more invited speakers, slightly less RFP request for presentation speakers. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So. Okay. That's it, nice. We got to uh, start winding down our journey. Yeah. Uh, being prepared for the the long flight. So um, it was great to see you again. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 um, we'll we should send a, f a farewell to Jeff as well. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. We've got a Jeff sized so hole here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, it's a um, big hole, by the way. So we'll say cheers, Jeff. Cheers, Jeff. Um, Sad you couldn't make it. Yeah, and uh, we'll put this out and then we'll we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Highway to the danger zone. I feel I should put that as a like a, a small excerpt of that track on the end. I would too, but leave this bit in as well so yeah. people can hear us having well, a yeah. chat. Right. One of the teams. Very intense, and it just makes me want to jump into. But it's good to record. Cool. Thanks for thanks for that. And you ruined it, Christian. I would like to point out on this. This is this is going to get deleted, but we have been interrupted twice. Outtakes. No, we don't. Let me keep going because uh, Trisha Bodick managed to interrupt us here. Who's the chair of the Agile Alliance conference? And we had Chet Hendrickson. No, there's a moment ago. Wow, you're very embarrassed. It's not a problem. It's not. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. Just make sure to give us good. Rooms at Agile 2017. Yeah. Take two. <laughs>